we need to chase the bear. We need to attack the bear and pin it to the ground and kill the bear right now. Like it needs to happen immediately. Ew, no green text. Okay guys, welcome back to No Green Text. It's been a couple weeks, but we are here. We're I'm, back. I'm still queer, and we're ready to party. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a beautiful start. What a beautiful, beautiful start. Oh gosh. Uh, Kelsey, why don't you uh, give us a 411? What's been going on in your world? 411. What's happened over the past couple weeks? Because we haven't seen each other since right before Thanksgiving. Okay, well, actually, uh, in terms of the podcast, yes, we did see each other on Saturday. Okay, that is true. We did we did have a meeting on It was Saturday. long, and we met a random girl that is going to come on the podcast. Yeah, it, it honestly was crazy. And it I was really nuts. Cannot wait for us to talk to her. Uh, it is literally, we sat down, started having a meeting, and then she just kind of struck up conversation with us, and it was insane she was like listening yeah. she admitted that she was listening to everything we were saying which like i kind of appreciate because i do that too and um we were talking about a manifestation episode mm -hmm. and she's a manifestation mindset coach so super weird it was so like what are what are the odds it was i don't know it was really i honestly haven't even fully processed it because it's <laughs> really weird <laughs> i've just never had something like that happen to me where it's like i'm talking about something and then someone's like hey wait that's me i'm here i'm who you need um, so that'll be very interesting, especially mm -hmm. I'm excited to like kind of dive into her nomad life a little because I know yeah. that we both have thought I'm more so like travel and stay in a hotel, but like very into travel and nomadiness. Yeah. You're more so like van life. Yeah, like honestly, I would live out of the back of my car if that's what it took. Right. And see, like, <laughs> I don't know that that's ever going to happen for me, but maybe, maybe somebody could talk me into it. But, um, yeah, so we did see each other on Saturday. But other than that, we haven't seen each other. Yeah, that was the first. I guess this is, like, our first recording. Yes, this is our first recording. Um, Thanksgiving was good. Yeah. It it was good, I think, yeah. Well, your mom actually ended up making dinner, right? That Here's the, whole... the thing. I don't understand how she gets off with telling me we're going to eat out and not going to have Thanksgiving and then saying... Kelsey, I was clearly joking and not telling me until two days before Thanksgiving. I literally w was out with getting a drink with like a friend and <laughs> I saw this Thanksgiving menu or like Thanksgiving special or something like that. Uh -huh. And I sent it to Kelsey and she's like, oh, just my mom was just kidding. Like we just actually a joke. are. She, she cooked a full spread. Um, it was really good. <laughs> um, and my dad, my dad came down from Michigan and partook with us so that was good um is he doing okay he's doing well yeah okay, nice dad's hanging in there um i kind of did black friday okay but not kind like of. but like on so on friday i didn't do it on Thanksgiving. i'm like one of those crazy my brother and i live we live for walmart thursday night i kid you not i will fight a bitch for a tv you were my worst nightmare in high school <laughs> I've never had to fight anybody, but I am really good. Like, I love the like hunt because you know how they set up different stations. I don't know if you've ever done it. 
No, because I was always working Black Friday. Okay, okay. So at Walmart, they set up different stations and they give you a map when you enter the store and you have to find the station with what you're looking for on the map. So like TVs are back in the meat section. So I've got to get back to the meat section because they've only got 200 of those TVs at that price in the store. Do you know what I mean? It's like that kind of like I'm Indiana Jones, but at Walmart. That's my worst nightmare. I love it My so worst much. nightmare. <laughs> Um, but instead this year, because there weren't really like that great of deals compared to previous years, mm-hmm. uh, I did buy a ton of pillows. Okay. Um, but my brother and I both walked into Walmart and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning. And we were like, yeah, this sucks. Like, this is so lame. Cause this energy was like, no one's fighting for anything. Cause like mm-hmm. they aren't encouraging people to like fight over things. And like, there isn't that heightened sense of like, I need this. Um, Kelsey from District 12 with the pillows. <laughs> I ended up buying eight because I got some. <laughs> and they were like full size pillows, like for your bed. Oh my God. Uh, it took up an entire car and like I was still holding onto them. People were asking me, they're like, are these pillows that good? I'm like, listen, I don't know. They were $5. They're, they're Serta brand. They're $5. They're cozy. I don't know. I had, I needed them all. Um, so that's what I did. <laughs> I'm really lame, clearly. Um, other than that, I've just been working. It's your new job. It's not, I mean, like, at what job. point is it new? <laughs> what point does it become current? How long have you been there for? A month? Six weeks? Two months? Almost. We're going to be going on two. Okay. Right? So I guess Because December 16th, yeah, December 16th will be two months. I think it stops being your new job after, like, three months. Okay. So, yeah, my almost not new job is going well. Um... I'm learning still every single day, (laughs) which is like a lot, but it's good for me. It's good for my brain because I was getting a little um, complacent before. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, learning and I'm growing and that's great. We love that. Um, I'm swiping. You swiped swiped right on someone this week who is an absolute he's so hot i honestly can't i I, I I can't even a twin brother because he was so i cannot even and he like checks all my my uh boxes in terms of like Mm -hmm. he's christian and he's tall and he wants kids and he wants to be married and he has a good smile and a great beard great beard great beard yeah i don't know we'll see we we did discuss um possibly going on a date this weekend (gasps) so what are you guys gonna do well we were either gonna go out to eat he did offer to cook for me, but I thought that was weird for the yeah, first date. So I'm, I'm not into that. Um, that sounds like serial killery to me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Might die. No, that's fair. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, just just hanging in there. Okay. Hanging in there, planning for 2021 right yes. now. I'll I'm doing like, that goal setting. Goal setting. I'm like looking at, so I've, I think I've talked about this, but Kristen that's been on the podcast, that's like my oldest friend of life. Um, her and her husband are traveling around in an RV for his clinicals. So I will be also third wheeling with them. Like I'm going to go to each city that they're staying in. So I'm like starting to look at those flights now. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm planning that I'm like planning for other random things, like other places I want to travel because I'm really like going after it. Yeah. Um, cause like, why not? I have nothing holding me back. Mm-hmm. Currently, I have no children um, besides my dog, but I have like a mom that is great and will watch my dog. Yeah. Thanks, mom. Hey, I need to watch your dog for you. <sighs> Nick would watch Minnie. See, Nick and Minnie being best friends. You do need a Minnie. I have not. I have not. I know. Surprise on her. I know. We've known each other for like eight years. I should bring her to a recording. She doesn't bark. Like she's she would just Mine sit there. one time. 
Besides, yeah. No, she does. If it were at my house and she thinks someone's coming in, but if like I took her somewhere else, she immediately, she's like, okay, this isn't my place. This is not my dojo. So I like, I don't have to protect this place. Mm-hmm. I only have to protect my mom. You know? Yeah. No, I got you. Um, but yes. What is going on with you a lot? I know. Yes. Yeah. Some of it we can talk about. Some of it will come later. Not talk, not talk about at the moment. Yep. Um, but uh, I guess in like the last time since we recorded, uh, I had a good Thanksgiving. Good. Um, Hillary spent Thanksgiving with us, which was a lot of fun. She brought so sweet. A, yeah, because she left to go home on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, why don't you just come over? It's like one extra person isn't going to. Which, by the way, that's the wine Instagrammer. Yeah, if you guys last, remember yeah. the wine Instagrammer, our last episode. Our last episode. Um, and yeah, so so she came over, hung out, brought a bottle of wine, we played some labyrinth. Uh, <laughs> our new favorite game, our oh new favorite God. drinking game too. Uh, oh no! Um, and then uh, I've been like in Christmas shopping, which is the worst uh, because like money and mm-hmm. finding the I like to find like the right gift for people. And it's like, if I don't feel like it's a good fit, I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. Or that I wait until the last minute. And then also, like, having people shop for me, because I'm the same way. It's like, what do you want? Like, my brother and I went to the mall the other day. Mm-hmm. And, like, we walked around the entire mall. And he's like, oh, like, this is also for you. And I was like, literally, I don't see anything that I need, which is terrible. But also good, I guess, because, like, I guess that means I'm just, like, fulfilled with what I have. But at the same time, I'm, like, not being helpful. No, you're not. Which is not fulfilling for me. No. <laughs> there has to be something. Yeah. Uh, and then, I guess on top of that, someone went viral on TikTok this past week. Yeah, it's... I honestly... I can't. I'm in the presence of <laughs> celebrity. And by, and by viral, I mean, like, it almost has 3,000 likes. And it has, I think, 17,000 plus views the last time That's I checked. That's nuts. Uh, but it, like... How many followers did you have before that moment? Uh, like 12. And now yeah. I'm at like 200 plus followers. Yeah. Um, so if any of you guys are from TikTok and are now listening to this podcast, thank you. So Welcome. like, hey, what's up? Thanks for joining us. Make me um, go viral too, guys. Yeah, make Kelsey go viral. But like, honestly, it was like, it was like so fun. Like I knew it was, I knew it was good. Like when it like made my dad laugh really hard. Uh-huh. Uh, and like my, like my dad like laughs, but he, he like literally had to like step away and like put his hand over like his mouth because it was like he thought it was like that funny. Oh my god. It made my mom cry. <laughs> oh it was it was really great. Um and then what else? Oh, um I got to stalk a date today, which was a lot of fun. I have a lot of feelings about this. Um <laughs> a well, lot. Tell us about it first. Well, so know. if you guys listened to last week's episode or the last episode, I guess not last week's episode. Uh, you know that Hillary was, like, potentially going to go on a date with this Italian guy. <gasps> with the guy that ghosted? He, like, pulled out. Was that what the, he no, didn't? He no, was, he had an Instagram, and then he did. Yeah. He said he didn't have an Instagram, which like is kind of ghosty. Flags, yeah, there's, uh, okay, But, like, whatever. lied about having an Instagram and was being kind of weird in, like, his text messaging. Um, but, you know, sometimes, like, I mean, things, like, obviously didn't... Not to, like, give an update on, like, Hillary's life as well. Uh, but... Uh, but I know, like, things have not been going great with, like, her uh, Aussie no. either. Which I know is so upsetting. Oh, I um, want that to work for her. Me too, but it's, like, honestly, it's his fault. He's sabotaging himself. Rude. Um, so she went on a date with this Italian guy, and she's like, can you just go and, like, be at the coffee shop just to make sure, like, I don't get murdered? Or something like that. And I was like, 
honestly, like, yeah, sure. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be out anyway. So like, I'll, I'll like, I'll, I'll go. Um, but he was like, he was very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, the, the date seemed to go well and there might actually be a second date. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but then it's also really great because they actually had emailed like last year on like a work thing. <gasps> and so we, oh, <laughs> to, no. to Jane, we not another one. We literally like went back through like her emails and like found an email from him or like the series of emails. That's like, so they, weird. Like we looked at it and it was like literally like phone number US, phone number Italy. And I was like, yes. Oh it my was, God. It was so good. Okay. So here's my thoughts on this. Okay. Hit me. Do you remember the time that I went on a first date and my friend showed up and yes. did this exact thing? Yes, I do. And they ruined it. They scared him because they left a note on my car. He got, he got really scared. He was really freaked out. Did we go on more dates? Yes. Did it go anywhere? No. Um, I also self-sabotaged in the middle of the date. Like, at least three times. Okay. Remember, I, yeah. I left, yeah, I yeah, left, yeah, yeah, I left an ID at home. I went and got it. He thought I was ditching for sure. Um, a lot of things happened. So, uh, just be careful. Don't freak out your friends' I would dates. never do that. I would never do that. You just don't know what can happen. I would never do that. Okay. So that's fair. Be cool. Also, I got there before they did. So play it cool. I've seen some TikToks of girls doing this too, especially here in Nashville. I saw one that was kind of that went viral, and I was like, they sent a drink over to the couple, or I guess they're not a couple, the people on a date. Oh, I saw that one. Yes, and it was clear. The girl looked over and she was like, I don't know. I think though, I think some of those videos are staged. You think that one was? Well, like okay, that girl, the blonde girl. Yeah. Literally was in both of those uh, gender reveal fail videos, and she's in something else too. Okay, we've got to start staging shit. Yeah, I I think she's like planted by TikTok to like make things go viral. Do you think so? I don't know. I've like had a conversation with Hillary about this, like that she like, but like it's like she like the one where like it's like, oh, it's a girl or it's a boy. Oh, it's actually a girl. I gave them oh, the wrong canister. Yeah, it's the same girl. Uh, the, the one where, like, they do another canister. It's the same couple. And they're like, oh, I hope it's a boy. Oh, no, I'm team girl all the way. And then the dude opens the canister, this canister, and, like, it shoots his nuts. And then he knocks his uh, pregnant wife in the pool. I haven't seen that same one, girl. but I want to see that one. Um, I, I'll send it to you. Uh, so I just, I, all I'm saying was she is pre- that, Wait, she was pregnant? The, not the blonde girl. Oh, like, okay. I'm like. The, the couple. She um, wearing a fake belly? Did she go that far? No. No, we're not there. Maybe. I don't know. Some, people are, some people are there. Um, but yeah, I would never do that. I would never do that. Um, this is just a PSA. Don't do that. Don't do that either. Um, also, just watch your friends on... We've talked about this. Yeah. Watch your friends and find my friends. That's true, too. Yeah. My, I have I have friends that um, they actually... <laughs> currently, when I hang out, because I hang out with the guy that's not my man mm-hmm. so often, they take bets at night. They're a married couple. They take bets at night on whether or not I'm at his house. No joke. It's a fun game that they just alerted me to that they've been doing for like a good month or two. Yes. Love it. Uh, Marriage is so cool. But I will say Hillary did ask me to come. So it wasn't like it was a surprise. So that's true. Um, That's better. And then uh, on top of that, this is your daily reminder to rate, review, subscribe and follow. Hashtag RRSF. Nick just did a hashtag with his hands. I just want everyone to know. Hashtag. You can't see that. 
Um, and then just on top of that, tell your friends, tell your family. It would be the greatest Christmas. That's what I actually, that's what everybody can give to me for Christmas. I need you to say that to Joe. Share this with a friend or, <laughs> or a family member. Um, this is what I want. This is what I want. I want you to share no green text with people. That is the greatest gift that you could give me this year. So, um, without, I think, further ado, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. Okay, well, we have literally a super amazing episode today. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, pumped like, for you guys to hear we this. We just finished recording it, and it is literally, we were sitting here having revelations Yeah. as our, our guest spoke, and it was... Nick was, like, speechless, and that never happened, yeah. as you guys know. I like, you know me, I like to talk. Yeah. I literally could not find the words because I was just, like, so in awe. <laughs> so... Uh, without further ado, uh, we will be back in just a minute. All right, guys, welcome back. Welcome, welcome. Today, we have a real treat, honestly. Um, our friend Nicole is here. And she knows so much more than we do about relationships that it's it like actually scares me. Yeah. So much more. Um, and now you guys are going to know it too. So like, you're welcome. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa. Is Kwanzaa it- starts the day after Christmas. So, so like, yeah, this yeah. Could, this all fits. This is for every holiday. You are welcome. Here's a present, a gift. And the new year. Probably. And the new year. 2021, you got it. Yeah. Relationship status. We're not going to claim it as our year, <laughs> but uh, we'll like, maybe like low key put the vibes out there. I mean, it could be my year. 2020 was supposed to be my year, too. <laughs> it's a year plus one. God bless. Anyway, so Nicole is getting ready to study to become a therapist for family and marriage. I'm saying this wrong. No, you're fine. <laughs> marriage and family therapy. I see. I did say it wrong. <laughs> it's the same thing. It is the same thing. It sounded better the other way. And yeah, I've had to learn a lot of this stuff the hard way. So hopefully it will help some of you not learn it the hard way but you know we've all probably kind of been through the ringer in relationships at this point so unless you're listening and you're like 12 (laughs) i mean it could still apply this this is knowledge you're gonna put forward for sure it will still apply but they've probably been through the ringer a lot less than we all have listen i don't know middle school is tough for me Oh, I'm done. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll go way back then. <laughs> there was a lot. There was a lot going on back then. <sighs> anyway, Nicole, tell us about you. What makes you you? What brought you here? Yeah, all of it. Well, what brings me here is knowing the both of you from my previous career in the music industry. Done a big one eighty because Kelsey, Nick, and I all used to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was a publicist. They work in digital marketing, but we worked for the same company. Um, And so I've been a little bit on a little bit of a journey trying to figure out what my next move was and being with my current boy or my forever person, Austin. Oh, Oh, that's so sweet. Gosh, that's so sweet. Yeah. My current boyfriend just sounded like not going to. My current boyfriend. My current living partner. (laughs) I mean, I'm just, I'm really ready for the ring, but you know. Austin, we'll, we'll see what happens. Did you, did you mention, did you say Austin? Yeah. Oh, okay. his name is Austin. I don't know. I, know. <laughs> I was like, Austin, put a ring on it already. Woo-woo! <laughs> <laughs> but like, boyfriend sounds weird. Sometimes I say partner, but uh, I feel like that oh, sounds weird too. I don't even like the word partner. And it, just, like, it just sounds, uh, it just sounds weird. I just like, 
I don't know. It's, boyfriend just sounds weird to me sometimes. Anyways, through being with Austin, I have learned so much. And that is what led me to the point I'm at now of wanting to become a marriage and family therapist and help people in relationships as a career and people who are dating. You don't have to be in a relationship mm-hmm. for this information to be useful. It can help if you're in one or it can help if you want one. So thank God. And if you don't want one, we'll get into that. Mm. There might be something there. Mm, there's definitely something there. <laughs> definitely. Tell us a little bit more. Like, go, where are you from? Oh, yeah. go to that us, stuff. Give okay. us, we want it. We want the full picture yeah. here. Okay. So I grew up in Oregon. And as I was getting ready to graduate college, I got an internship at Universal Music Group. And it was like my dream internship. I had always wanted to work in music. So... I moved here to Nashville for that internship and then shortly after got hired full-time as a publicist at the company where I worked with Nick and Kelsey and I was there for about three years um, working in music and I got to a point where I was just feeling very unfulfilled and felt like I needed to just take a little bit of a step back, figure out what I was doing with my life and at that same time is when Austin and I were starting couples therapy and um, cause we were at a point where we really needed it. And I was nannying and eventually came to the realization through going to therapy that working in this field was what I was meant to do. And I'm so excited about my future working with couples and working with people who want to find a healthy relationship because it's hard to do. <laughs> um, yeah, we said this off offline, but st- healthy relationship. Who is she? Yeah, steady and healthy. What? Don't know her. Don't know her. Um, no, this is if you guys knew Nicole at all, this is like a perfect move for Nicole. Yeah, Nicole like she's just very the, caring the and like person I've probably ever met. Thank so, you. That's so nice. I think you're gonna be very very good at it. Thank you. I'm so excited. I feel like I I really have finally figured out my thing that I'm like just so passionate about. And I know this will fulfill me so much because I, I genuinely want every single human on this planet to have this information. Like this stuff would have kept my parents together, could have kept your parents together. Like yeah, I know we'll your parents are together. Yeah. But you, you just, you just <laughs> no. never know. Or it, could, it just could help anyone. Yeah, I mean, but it can help. I mean, like I guess build stronger relationships totally. too. Totally. Right? I mean, without this knowledge, I truly wonder how people can function in a relationship. I couldn't have. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you just want me to like dive in. Um, yeah, I guess like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk and like, let's talk about like what we, what it is like we're talking about. So let's let you take the floor. Tell us what's up. So basically I just want to go through everything I learned that basically saved my relationship. And if I learned this stuff before meeting Austin, it could have just saved my dating life. So is there, is there like a technical term for any of this or is it just like, there's technical terms for each part of it. Okay. Um, I would just call this. So basically now I am a coach for a Mm -hmm. course that's called love life hacks. Okay. And I feel like that is the best way to describe what this information is. Honestly, (laughs) I think we might just call it. That's really. I think that's the name of the episode right there. Love life hacks with Nicole. Yes, these are like love life hacks. It's like how and I. That is my therapist's brand. That's not my brand. Um, 
she and she's the person who taught me all this information. So now she has a course called Love Life Hacks that I'm a coach for. Um, she also has a course called Dating Hacks, which you can move on to after you complete the first one. And it basically helps you navigate relationships and the dating scene and also helps you understand what's gone wrong in the past and how you can change that to find a secure, healthy relationship in the future. Um, so at the end, I can talk about how anyone can access the course if they're interested in it. Yeah. Um, and we'll put a link in our like our episode description too. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, that sounds great. I just, that's the best way you could describe this is it's like hacks for your love and dating life. Yeah. So, so I'll just, do you just want me to dive in? Yeah, just yeah. Okay. Go, go straight in. So starting off, let's just talk about like why you choose someone, mm-hmm. why you end up with whether it's your partner or just someone you're dating. Um, so the first thing you need to know about when it comes to that is something called Imago, okay. which is the definition of that is like your image of love. It's like a Latin term for okay. your image of love. And so basically this starts out in your childhood. So if you think about when you were a kid and you were watching your parents interact with each other, if you had parents were together that Mm -hmm. were together as you were growing up, um, they looked at each other and they said, I love you. And so basically you took in that as your definition of love. So whether you grew up with like an abusive situation, you grew up with, a father who is like kind of dismissive and a mother who is very like anxious and intense, Mm -hmm. or you grew up with parents who had just a very secure and healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. That is what is going to create your image of love that you carry throughout your life. And that is basically like your baseline understanding of what love is. Mm -hmm. It's basically like when someone tells you this is wine, you basically create an understanding in your mind of what wine is to you. So it's the same thing with how you define love. And so basically, from that point on, obviously, you're going to be in other relationships throughout your life Mm -hmm. that add to that imago. Typically, it's going to line up pretty well with what that love you grew up with looked like. Um, If it doesn't, a lot of the time you're going to find yourself, if you think back on relationships you've had in your past, a lot of the time you're going to find yourself thinking, oh, something was just off there and I wasn't into it Mm -hmm. because that's not your definition of love. So that's not going to be that appealing to you Mm -hmm. because that's not what your brain is coding as the love that you're basically searching for. Okay. That love that we're searching for usually isn't the love we want. Unless, like I said, you grew up in like a very healthy, secure environment with more of a like cookie cutter family, which majority of people don't have that. Even if your parents are together, you're not probably going to have like the most healthy, secure relationship to look up to because they probably don't have all these tools. Um, So going off of that, when you're attracted to someone, I think what everyone thinks of is chemistry. Mm -hmm. And chemistry, and this was like one of the most valuable things I learned, um, chemistry is not actually what we think it is. It's actually familiarity. So... When someone is familiar to you, that is what makes you feel chemistry. It makes you have those butterflies. Those butterflies are actually anxiety most of the time. And obviously, I'm generalizing. There can be, like, exceptions to the rule, um, especially if you did grow up with a very healthy relationship. Um, And 
So as we go on and find partners who are fitting within our imago, they're just going to intensify whatever you're feeling, whether that's you're afraid of commitment, you're afraid of getting vulnerable, or you feel like no one ever wants to commit to you and you feel like a second choice or whatever that is that you're crafting as a story in your head. Mm -hmm. Each relationship is going to add to that story. Um, And so basically what our brains are attempting to do for us by finding these familiar people is our brains want to take our hurt from our childhood and replicate it within other people and then basically tie it in a bow so that you cannot make peace with the the suffering you had in your past. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it does. It's like a lot all at once. (laughs) But when I learned that, I was like, oh, that's what I've been trying to do all this time. Mm -hmm. Because leading up to Austin, I just had all these partners or flings or whatever you want to call them Mm -hmm. of people who always felt like they were detached, pulled away. I was more interested than them. I felt like a second choice over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then when I looked back at what my imago was, my image of love was pretty fucked up. It was, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure many people, versions of love are because my parents got divorced when I was 14 my dad was extremely detached. He could be very dismissive. I love my dad. My mm-hmm. dad is an amazing person. But that his image of love created how he acted in love with my mom and towards us. So he was dismissive and he pulled away. And my mom was very anxious mm-hmm. towards him and towards me and my siblings. Okay. Um, and so each time he would pull away, she would get more anxious and more clingy and Mm -hmm. he would pull himself back and go out and play golf and she felt more alone Mm -hmm. and it it was a cycle and so each person I chose throughout my life was basically reenacting that relationship that I saw my whole childhood I felt like they were always pulling away and I was chasing them because that's what I watched okay Mm -hmm. um and that was the same with Austin and I which I'll get into next because this is what really made me realize I, for a long time would like look up on Google, like how to know if your relationship is healthy or type in something. Is it normal if you feel this in a relationship? Mm -hmm. And I felt just a lot of confusion and like cloudiness. And so I eventually met with my therapist. Now her name is Jordan blue. She's amazing. um, here in Nashville. And she taught me what an attachment style was in it. Blew my mind. So basically, based on our parents and our childhood, that's what creates our attachment style. So if you were feeling like you were lacking a lot of emotional, like connecting kind of love, typically, and you had it from maybe like not one of your parents, one parent was more dismissive, one parent was more like anxious and clung towards you, mm-hmm. you're going to become anxious and clingy because you're trying to soak up as much of that love as you can. Mm-hmm. In contrast, so that's me. Yes. I had my mom was very anxious <laughs> and my dad was very avoidant. And so I clung to my mom and because I wanted to feel as much of that love as I could. Mm-hmm. Again, my dad is awesome. He's great. We're, he actually is in therapy himself now. Oh, wow. Um, mm-hmm. And has done a lot of work and... Um, So he, and I've told him about a lot of this stuff too. So it's crazy. Like 
things can change once you just have the awareness. Um, but then in contrast, Austin, um, his parents were very pulled away. He was alone a lot as a kid. He was punished a lot for showing emotion. And so um, his reaction to that was just to avoid and to try to push everything down and to try to not need anyone Mm -hmm. because needing someone led to being hurt. He didn't get more of anything when he clung to someone. So that brings me into, there are basically two camps in attachment. One camp is the secure camp Mm -hmm. and one is the insecure camp. Secure is with you have that cookie cutter, amazing, healthy relationship in your childhood. Insecure is a lot more common, obviously. Mm-hmm. Our divorce rate is extremely high <laughs> in this country. Um, and so that, in that insecure attachment, is someone who is anxiously attached or avoidant. And so you can, you can flip-flop. Okay. So it's like kind of, confusing but basically you can't just like be both you either lean one way or another unless you have like a personality disorder like if you're a narcissist you could be both but other than that you're gonna lean one way or another typically um and so basically when you enter a relationship with someone this is where the flip-flop can come in so when i started my relationship with austin he was so committed so pursuant the most secure person I had ever met mm-hmm. that it freaked me out. And yeah. I was like, what is wrong with this dude? Why does he like me this much? And so I was basically like just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like what, what's going to be wrong with him? And so that led to me actually being avoidant. And I pulled away and was very hesitant and I didn't really trust it. Mm-hmm. And I had major walls up, but as he continued to pursue me, I finally started to trust And, like, fully lean into our relationship. Mm -hmm. And then once I leaned in, Austin leaned out. Because that wasn't really our true form. He leans avoidant. Mm -hmm. I lean anxious. Um, But that's an example of how that, like, flip-flop can happen. Is it possible for, like, two people to be avoidant and two people to be anxious? Or, like, it literally has to be one or the other? In a relationship, you have to be one or the other. And I'll explain why. So... Basically, when you enter a relationship with someone, and this can switch. So you could, like I said, you could Mm -hmm. start avoidant and someone could start anxious and then you swap. Okay. And that's because it's like a pendulum almost. It's Mm -hmm. swing until you get secure and Mm -hmm. you're both secure, it's going to be that swinging pendulum. Is it possible for someone to have like a healthy attachment style and then like someone to have an unhealthy attachment style and be in a relationship? Or... Yes, but typically the person with the healthy attachment style would make an effort to help the person with the unhealthy attachment style. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if this is like a super solid secure, because secure is the healthy attachment style. If you're super solid, if you're not super solid, that person with the other attachment style will probably make you go back to whichever way you lean. Okay. But if you're super solid, you would probably try to help that person if you were but honestly I don't even know if you'd get very far okay because it wouldn't match up with, with what you're looking for okay but if that person was rejecting your help you'd probably just be like this isn't gonna work for me mm-hmm. um okay. so I hope that kind of answers yeah, no, no, that, that tracks for sure um but basically so let's say that you and I are entering into a relationship okay as I've always wanted 
I'm pointing to it, by the way. Um, and so, and you're asking me out on dates and you're like texting me all the time. I'm kind of giving you like a response here and there. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I could maybe do Saturday. It depends what I have going on. Mm-hmm. That's me picking up the avoidance script. Okay. I'm, so I'm like, I am the more avoidant one. Okay. And even if, let's say in your past, you were the avoidant one. Okay. I just out avoidant you. That's uh-huh. not a word. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And so you have no other option where you're just going to be like, what's going on? Especially mm-hmm. if you're avoidant in your past, you're going to be like, what's happening? Why aren't they into me? Yeah. And it's going to make you have that anxiety where you're suddenly chasing me. Okay. Um, oh. And pursuing me. And you're like, why <laughs> Right? I'm like, oh, oh no, right? It's crazy. Oh no, or <laughs> can we hold on? Can we insert that TikTok sound? Oh no, oh, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. situation if you're pursuing me all i'm used to is being anxious i'm gonna be like a little freaked out like why is this dude like obsessed with me Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. all i know before is chasing Mm -hmm. and so you're gonna question everything like what i did with austin all i was used to is chasing and so i was like what is wrong with this man like why does he want me this bad which is like you know, sad, kind of. Like, I should I mean, It's like, I, yeah, well, who wouldn't want me this bad? <laughs> you would hope. But it really is crazy because it can it can switch. But, like, for me, I'm mostly anxious mm-hmm. and Austin's mostly avoidant. It, to figure out what you are, there's, like, plenty of quizzes you can take. There's a quiz in the course um, that I'm helping as a coach in. Um, but there's also a book called Attached that okay. every single person should read. It is amazing. It helped me and Austin a lot realizing how we were acting out in our relationship. Um, and so anyways, the best way to explain an anxious person versus an avoidant person. Mm-hmm. And this is how Jordan explains it and taught me. Um, let's say that you are on a hike and you guys, you're with your partner, one of you is anxious and one of you is avoidant. So let's just say it's me and Austin. Okay. I'm anxious, he's avoidant. We're out on a hike and we see a bear. My instinct, and sorry, the bear is like whatever the the elephant in the room is. Okay. It's like that mm-hmm. thing that you should talk about, but it's a hard thing to talk about. Okay, yeah. Um, basically any type of confrontation. Okay. The anxious person is going to say, we need to chase the bear. We need to attack the bear and pin it to the ground and kill the bear right now. Like it needs to happen immediately. The avoidant person is gonna say, hell no, we need to run as fast as we can away from this bear. Like lightning speed, get away. And so they're basically polar opposites of each other. And so think of that in a relationship. And this is what Austin and I did for a very long time. And this is what Austin and I were, this is what we were doing just constantly. So if there was an issue or just some kind of conflict, Austin's gut instinct was to try to avoid it and to push it down, push it under the rug, forget it happened, move on. Mm -hmm. 
for me, I was like, we need to talk about this today, right this second. I don't care if you're working. I'm going to call you. We need to talk about it because I would be so anxious. And in my head, like I couldn't stand it. And so going back to the bear analogy, both people who are trying to either escape the bear or attack the bear, all they're trying to do is actually keep themselves safe because for them, that's what they know as like, if I do this, this is what's going to make sure I'm safe in this relationship. Both are coming from a good place. No one is trying to hurt the other person. They're just coming from their own places of hurt. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know if I'm explaining that well. Um, like everybody has like their own kind of coping mechanisms. Yeah, exactly. And they both usually will fall into either of those categories unless you're secure, which is all, what we're all, or we all should be aiming to be mm-hmm. secure. Um, and so what goes into this is vulnerability, which is like the biggest issue, I would say, in the majority of relationships. And whether, it, even if it's a friendship, I think that people are just so afraid to truly open up and be vulnerable. Even if you're someone who's kind of like an oversharer, I think you should ask yourself, like, are you really being vulnerable? Because I know I can be a little bit of an oversharer. Yeah, I mean, same here. Absolutely. But then if I really look at, like, am I getting actually vulnerable or just kind of, like, maybe looking for a little shock value or, like, Mm -hmm. trying to have an entertaining conversation? Like, am I actually being vulnerable here? And there's, like, if you look into like Brene Brown's work. Mm -hmm. She is like the queen of vulnerability. Like if you want to learn more about how to become more vulnerable, that's a great place to start. Um, She has done basically all of her research throughout her career on vulnerability and shame, which are very like intertwined. Yeah. Um, My mom and I actually, oh. Oh no, go for it. My mom and I actually just watched a video with her, like uh, Jada Pickett's Red Table. Oh yes. Oh, I Um, love Brene. Yeah, and, like, she, she was like, Nick, you should absolutely watch this. And, like, I, like, I mean, I'm, like, vaguely familiar with Brene Brown's work, but, like, I was like, this is, just even watching five minutes of it mm-hmm. was amazing. And I was like, I already feel, like, so much lighter. And she has the keys to functioning in life, I swear. Yeah. Like, it is crazy. Everyone should listen to The Power of Vulnerability. It's an mm-hmm. audible by Brene Brown. It's, like, a a speech or a talk she gave mm-hmm. at a school and it's six different sessions with so like six hours okay. and you will learn more through those six hours than you probably have in like your whole life about anything that relates to like <laughs> emotional intelligence yeah. for real. It, it's like life changing. Um, and another thing that Brene talks about is like the stories we tell ourselves. Okay. And so Everyone has a story. Again, it kind of goes with your mago, like the story that you've built up. And a lot of this also comes from the relationships you've been in. So, for example, my story when I entered my relationship with Austin was I'm a second choice. No one's going to actually choose me. They're going to want someone else. I'm too much. I have emotional baggage. I'm going to scare someone away when I share everything. They're going to decide they don't want to be with me. People only like me because I'm a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. I have all the, and it even goes into friendships. Like mm-hmm. this person only wants to be my friend because I'm a people pleaser and I will do, or the, my boss only wants me because I'm a people pleaser, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. It can mm-hmm. be in so many different facets of your life. And it comes from a lot of like what you find your worth and your value from. And for me, it was like always just like helping people 
And that's the only way I really felt wanted. And so I have developed this story throughout my life, as I'm sure like you both have as well, of like, if I do this, I won't be wanted anymore. Or like with Austin, there was a big story I told myself of like, he's not really attracted to me. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And so and that was a big thing I had to like get past. But the thing is, is the most vulnerable thing we can do is share those stories with the people that we're dating. Because unless they know that, they don't know what they're triggering. And so in this whole like anxious avoidant push and pull, at the root of that, everyone's just a little bit afraid of being vulnerable is what it comes down to. So the anxious person is just so afraid of getting hurt. Like they have been so many times over and over again. The avoidant person is so afraid to just, and the avoidant person struggles more with vulnerability usually Mm -hmm. because they're afraid. What if I tell you this and then you leave? Yeah. And so if you do get to the secure place or if you're trying to, you have to get really good at being vulnerable and getting very clear on what your story is. So you can share that with people. And, um, that's something Brene Brown talks about that she does with her husband is because you can have a temporary story or mm-hmm. like a main story mm-hmm. and like a temporary story could be like, let's just make up a situation. If you said like, we're running 10 minutes behind mm-hmm. my story in my head could be like, Oh, they don't actually want me to come on the podcast. Like what mm-hmm. I'm going to say is boring. Everyone has those temporary mm-hmm. stories come yeah. out through their day. And if I were to just text you and say like, Hey, what I'm telling myself right now is that you don't really want me on the podcast and what I'm about to say is like boring to mm-hmm. you. Is that true? And you'd be like, no, what are you talking about? And like the real story and is that you actually are running 10 minutes behind. Right. <laughs> and that's just like a silly example. But like, if you think about it in the context of bigger things in a relationship, like how many things could that solve if you were, or like if in your situation right now, mm-hmm. if you like were just very clear about this is what I'm telling myself. And I don't know if this is your intention, but this is where I'm at. I mean, either they can confirm it, which is typically like, it's not going to be a hundred percent true what you're telling yourself in your head, Mm -hmm. but it's just such a good communication tool. And when Austin and I learned how to do that, it just changed everything. It's definitely like the number one communication technique that helped us. Okay. And so what kind of goes into that as well is self-sabotage and confirmation bias. Okay. And so a lot of the time, especially if we're in one of these insecure attachments and we're seeing someone who is secure, mm-hmm. we're going to sabotage to confirm what we believe is true, which is our story. Okay. And so like in the case of Austin, when I first started dating him, he would say like, let's go to dinner and then let's see a movie and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mm, like, what if we just did dinner? Which is like so unlike me because I've always been the anxious one. I would want to do like everything. Yeah. And that's kind of where that self-sabotage comes in. Like he, he was trying to pursue me and do all these things with me. And I was kind of pulling back. And if he said, okay, like just dinner's fine. Then I would start saying, oh, I was right. He's not that into me. Mm-hmm. And that's what that confirmation bias is. Yeah. You are constantly trying to prove yourself that your story is true. And it's so subconscious. And it, it is your worst enemy. Oh, yeah. It is your worst enemy. And I still do it to this day. Like, 
if I'm upset, about, this happened a couple months ago. I was upset about something and I, Austin was like, do you want a hug? Said something like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm good. And then he didn't get up and I was like, he didn't hug me. He didn't care. Like, and I'm just being super honest. Like, I think yeah. we all do these things. Yeah, 100%. And because you just want to prove that story right, it's like mm-hmm. your instinct because you're trying to protect yourself. Yeah. So I think vulnerability and self-sabotage are like two big things that fit within that anxious avoidance cycle. Okay. Um, so I feel like the biggest question I had once I learned about that was how do I get out of it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that comes down to if either Austin or I did not have a growth mindset, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be where we are today. We are like so healthy, so secure now, but we had to put a lot of work in and we both were really wanting to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. So you can have either a growth mindset or a victim mindset. Okay. And the growth mindset is when you think like, we can change this, mm-hmm. we can work on this. If we get the right tools and the right resources and we actually use them, then we can change. Mm-hmm. A victim mindset is like, this is just happening to me. This always happens. I'm so out of control. This sucks. I can't do anything to fix it. Mm -hmm. And so let's say you are in one of these anxious avoidant relationships, whichever one you are, and the other person does not want to grow with you. Mm -hmm. It's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. That's like the one thing that you absolutely have to have to get past that point and move into a secure position. Okay, so from that book, Attached, it's by Amir Levine, if anyone wants to look it up. It's a great book. Um, They kind of break down how to know if you're in that anxious avoidant cycle. In the book, it says telltale signs of the anxious avoidant trap. And so this is kind of what Austin and I were in, and I'm sure a lot of people have either experienced or are currently experiencing. So first sign is the roller coaster effect. In the relationship, you never sail along on an even keel. Instead, every once in a while, when the avoided partner makes him or herself available to the anxious partner, the latter's attachment system is temporarily quieted and you achieve extreme closeness, leading to the feeling of a high. This is the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. This closeness, however, is perceived as a threat by the avoided partner and is quickly followed by a withdrawal on his or her part, only to create renewed dissatisfaction for the anxious partner. Second sign is the emotional counterbalancing act. If you're avoidant, you often inflate your self-esteem and sense of independence in comparison to someone else. If you're anxious, you're programmed to feel less than when your attachment system gets activated. So basically when you're being clingy. Mm -hmm. So independence is viewed as a good thing, whereas, and that's like the avoidant partner. Mm -hmm. And anxiousness is looked as like you're too clingy or like this is a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay, sign number three, stable instability. The relationship may last for a long time, but an element of uncertainty persists. As illustrated on this page, which you guys can look if you get the book, um, you remain together with a feeling of chronic dissatisfaction, never finding the degree of intimacy that you're both comfortable with. And by intimacy, it means like that emotional connection, like the deep, vulnerable connection. Um, Four, are we really fighting about this? You may feel that you're constantly fighting about things that you shouldn't be fighting about at all. In fact, your fights probably are about the most minor problems, but actually about something else altogether, the amount of intimacy between you. And just don't, it can be physical intimacy, but a lot of the time it's it's more emotional. Mm-hmm. And those two go together anyways. Okay. 
Um, and then number five, life in the inner circle as the enemy. If you're anxious, you will find that you're getting treated worse instead of better once you become the person closest to the avoidant partner. Number six, experience the trap. You develop an eerie sense that the relationship is not right for you, but you feel too attached to the person to leave. So I'm noticing maybe that resonated with you guys. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Oh my gosh. And, there, and there's different degrees. Like there can you can be with someone who's so avoidant and just like makes you feel so small, so awful. Like that's not me in Austin. And mm-hmm. I think that's why we were able to get out of it. Like yeah. he is not like this bad person, like mm-hmm. scary, avoidant human. Like he just was afraid to get super vulnerable. Yeah. There's different degrees. There's like a full on narcissist gaslighter. Yeah. who would also fit into some of those, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think you just have to, it all comes down to that growth mindset. If you can get out of that anxious avoidant trap that it mentions. Okay. So just know that there are different levels of healthy and unhealthy when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Some you can say, some you gotta detach from and let go. Mm-hmm. It depends on if it's truly like toxic or not. So I'm hearing detach and let go. That's what's like oh, resonating okay. in my head. I'm hearing like, goodbye, bye. goodbye. <laughs> well, it depends. I think you, you gotta see if someone has a growth mindset, especially Depends how invested you are, of mm-hmm. course. But if someone is like willing to hear this information and say, like, hmm, maybe I am avoidant and have that self-awareness, you have a good chance that they would be willing to grow and like take it, maybe reattached with you. There's also a couple books like Wired for Dating, mm-hmm. that's a great one, or Wired mm-hmm. for Love, another great one. Or books about vulnerability. If you're dating someone who's avoidant, maybe they'll read something about vulnerability and realize, hmm, I have an issue with this. So it just depends. Or there's someone that's gonna be like, what are you talking about? This is crazy, this is stupid. And that's probably the point where you're gonna be like, okay, you're not for me. Mm -hmm. You don't wanna grow, you don't wanna learn, you don't wanna have any self-awareness. So I feel like that's the best way to really test if Someone has that growth mindset or they don't. So that's fair. Yeah. But you can always give someone a chance because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So if someone's avoidant, you can't just say like, oh, you're a bad person. You're avoidant. You got to like take a minute, sit in empathy and say like, what version of love did you learn that Mm -hmm. this is how you act? And like, even when you look back on previous people who may have hurt you, it's you can almost take a minute. You don't need to excuse their behavior, but you can look at them for a second and say like, wow, you must be like really hurt somewhere. Or even if you want to take it as far as a narcissist, like one of my friends recently ended a relationship with a narcissist. And so through her, I've learned a lot about what narcissism is. And it's just like this crazy combination of anxious and avoidant mm-hmm. and I actually learned from Brene Brown that narcissism, you would think they're, oh, they're just obsessed with themselves and Mm -hmm. think that they're like God's gift to the earth. Really, narcissism, how she explains it, is the shame-based fear of being ordinary. You're just so afraid to not be important and you're so, you have so much shame that you just like can't function. And so even for someone who's like a narcissist, like you can look at them and say like, 
wow, you must have been really hurt to be, like, this level. Yeah. Wow. Doesn't mean excusing their behavior. No. Yeah. But that makes sense. No, it... I feel like especially as I've gotten older, I don't know if you feel the same way, like, I do... Feel, find myself like looking at people trying to find out why they are acting a certain way so that mm-hmm. is I probably should do that more in my dating life I really am just more so like friendship way. like my like my girlfriends I'm yeah. like why are you acting this way to me right now why are you upset what did I trigger what mm-hmm. happened in the past blah blah it's blah, hard blah. to do it's it is mm-hmm. it is but it's helped me maintain relationships with friends that mm-hmm. maybe like in the past we aren't friends anymore because of me not understanding that like I triggered something or reacted in a way that like they didn't like or they've had something bad happen to them that like it they mm-hmm. resonate you know like it was the same situation for them it's really sad actually well and it, hel- it helps you not take things as personally because it's right. like wow i just like suddenly evoked this reaction in you it's like no this is like a long yeah deep rooted type yes, thing exactly yeah you're just seeing like the leaves you're not seeing the roots yeah. so yeah i feel like that's really the only thing you can do if you do have to walk away from someone that has that victim mindset. You just got to think like, you don't know the whole story. You haven't seen the little clips from their childhood that created this. Yeah. Um, But you also don't have to ever choose to be with someone who's not willing to grow. Right. There's just no point. Yeah. Um, I would honestly say there's never a point of being with someone who's not willing mm-hmm. to grow. Do you think that would be, like, a breaking, like, that people should, like, consider that when they're, like, looking at all this information is, like, if you don't have this growth mindset, it's, like, you should probably look to end Yeah, but my, what my therapist always says is, that's just a dead end. Mm-hmm. Where can you go? You can't keep driving. Like, yeah. you're just going to go in circles. And you can always attempt to later on send someone like resources or like this book attached and Mm -hmm. maybe see what their reaction to it is. And you'll know pretty quickly whether they have that mindset or they don't. Okay. You can try several times to get the information to them, but at a certain point you're only causing yourself suffering. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I hope that that's helpful. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Going in. Okay. So this is more, I've kind of talked about what you need to do. Like, if you are in a relationship and you have to get out of that anxious avoidance cycle, what I would firstly recommend is doing something like this course or with your partner reading these books about attachment styles, mm-hmm. um, reading things about vulnerability, like really trying to learn to go together. Go to a couples therapist. Just make sure that they're trained in like attachment theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I just see four therapists in Nashville before I got access to this information. Oh, wow. So it's not it's not available at your fingertips. That's why I'm so glad Jordan created this course because I would have died to have this information. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Even going to people who are couples therapists sometimes don't know this. Yeah. Which is just very odd. to me. Yeah. It really is. But it is like groundbreaking. So if you're in a relationship, that's what I would recommend. Just like really trying to soak in the resources. Think about doing like a course together or one of you doing a course um, or seeing a couples therapist Mm -hmm. to get out of that cycle. Because it's it's very hard to navigate by yourself. I don't think Austin or I could have done it. Yeah. Um, and then you'll get more specific tools as to like how you can function as a couple when you both have some of that insecure attachment and then Mm -hmm. how to become secure. But specifically for this podcast, since we're talking about dating, 
I thought it would be helpful. Like, how do you find this secure person? Okay, yeah. Woo! Um, Woo. It probably... <laughs> okay, will... Nick, hold on. Can I just say that was the most unenthusiastic <laughs> woo, woo you've ever done? Nick is a woo girl, and that was not good. <laughs> bad woo. Called out. Woo! <laughs> Thank you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I was trying to be quiet. Well, he goes, woo. 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 I didn't want it to like echo too much. Is my story true? Am I boring you? <laughs> woo. I can, I can vulnerably tell you, no, this is the most fascinating conversation I've had about dating in a long Nick, time. Nick like, isn't even talking and that says a lot. Like if Nick's sitting in silence, like, he's I taking like, it in. I oh, like no, I have, said, oh, you were like killing it's, it. Just, it's just a lot. Like it's a lot to soak in and it like rocks your world. Um, okay. My world has been rocked. I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm like giving everyone this info. So, because Lord knows we all need it. Mm -hmm. Um, the first thing I would say as far as like on the dating scene Mm -hmm. is you need all these tools, all these resources to become secure yourself. Because if you're not secure, how are you going to find someone secure? You don't even know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And the way I learned to become secure, it was hard. But what I did, and this is the suggestion of Jordan, who is clearly just, like, the queen. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with her. Um, (laughs) Which is why I'm so glad I'm working under her. But, um, and why everyone should truly do this course. It's amazing. But the main thing that she taught me is to read the book attached that I mentioned and read the chapter specifically about a secure attachment Mm -hmm. and fake it till you make it. Like, read that and just become it basically so if you're approaching any situation like what would the secure person do okay Hmm. so and it's very unnatural for a long time and a lot of that is assuming the best of people Mm -hmm. and so when someone is reacting a certain way or someone doesn't text you back for a day whatever it might be which i actually think you did a great job of this that was one of my initial thoughts Hmm. you said are you all right Mm-hmm. and that that's actually the secure thing to do what if someone doesn't text you back for a day they haven't texted and normally you guys text every day mm-hmm. the secure thing to do would be like hey is everything okay like or does something happen like i just wanted to make sure everything's good it's very mm-hmm. like out of character for you not to respond so just like assuming the best here i just want to make sure that like nothing happened mm-hmm. and like that's the secure thing to do versus saying like getting mad or saying, well, he didn't text me. I'm not going to text him. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's where you get into that, like self-sabotaging okay. behavior. Um, and so that's what I would say first is like, you've really got to master, like, how can I be secure? Mm-hmm. Because the more secure you are, the more unappealing, most likely those anxious or avoidant people are going to be. Okay. Because once you do soak in all these resources, you're going to be growing and changing and you're going to want someone who's like, either already on that train with you mm-hmm. or they're like gonna hop on right away yeah and this I, I mean this is for people who are looking for a long-term committed relationship mm-hmm. if you're not then you might be either anxious or avoidant, and you might just have some more like you might just need some more time before you're there mm-hmm. but um what i would say to people who aren't looking for a serious relationship is when you are dating just tell people that mm-hmm that's like the best thing you can do for anyone and to help this whole anxious avoidant world not be the clusterfuck that it is. 
Um, don't take people, <laughs> don't match with people on Tinder. Don't go on a 12 hour day and okay. act like everything was great. You can, you can match with people on Tinder, but you need to tell those people on Tinder. That yeah. Don't act like you're looking for a relationship and you're not. Yeah. Which, and people will do that. People will say they are. And then once it gets too vulnerable, mm. they'll be like, nope. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is scary. This is getting too vulnerable. I'm going to get hurt. You know what's actually very strange? And I've talked about this before, so I'm, like, fine sharing this. Mm -hmm. So my friend, everybody knows who my friend, that's my man, that's not my man. He's not your man. Um, The first date, and this is why I thought things were going so well, and definitely, like, I was actually kind of nervous of him and, like, kind of almost a little bit avoidant initially Mm -hmm. because he said, okay, tell me your life story, and then also told me his life story and, like, He's had parents that were divorced. He told me why he went blah, blah, blah. Like it did, you know, into the military, why he's done this, why he did this. Like I knew everything about him day one. And that's still true. Like after getting to know him better, I still knew, like he did tell me the full story mm-hmm. first day. And it, why I mean, would you do that? But see, that's less vulnerable. To just put it out there and then not have to like over time give chunks. If it is so much more vulnerable, imagine if you and I went to dinner five times mm-hmm. and on that fifth time I told you everything would that feel more vulnerable or would it be the first time we hung out and I was like here's my life story that's true and so because that that's where that oversharing comes in yeah he's not actually that's sharing not actual vulnerability yeah and also because like as time increased and you were hanging out more and more I think it that's when it's like oh she knows everything about me yeah. This could really hurt me because she's not just saying like, eh, I'm not that interested and she doesn't know anything about me. True. So it really, I mean, especially with your situation right now, I really think it is that anxious avoidant thing. Mm-hmm. And I think you're really good at going back into the avoidant mm-hmm. when you start feeling a little hurt. Yep. Yes, I am. I run the other way, generally. Especially, I think, when someone else runs first, you're just like, tap out. No <laughs> Bye! Way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so interesting. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, okay, so first, you need awareness, become secure yourself, and then you're going to kind of recognize more and more what those anxious or avoidant tendencies are in the people that you're dating. So what I would recommend next, and these the courses that I'm helping coach in, we'll teach you how to do this as well, Mm -hmm. is to kind of like, when you're on the apps, pre-select who you're going on dates with. So Mm. you need to like be asking those intentional questions. I mean, you don't need to be like a total like intense, like, do you want to get married in a year? Like you don't need to be like that level, Mm -hmm. but like seeing what someone's intentions are and making sure that the people you're going on dates with, like, I would say at least by the third date, you need to be kind of seeing, like, what do you want out of this? And if you're secure yourself and you're looking for a long-term committed relationship, then you shouldn't be entertaining anyone who's not looking for the same thing as you. And so... Ain't that the truth? (laughs) Ain't that the truth? I mean, like, why would you waste your time? Like, it's a recipe for disaster. And I think a lot of that, too, is checking in with yourself and saying, like, what do I want? If you are Christian and you only want to date another Christian and like, you know, that's one of your like values and that's what you want for your family. Mm -hmm. Then why are you dating someone that's 
not like if that's one of your core values. I literally feel like she's staring into my soul and yeah, talking was, to me say, that's about a, that's my a, situation. That's a new thing for sure. That is a me thing, and that's also currently the situation. But I was gonna even I was gonna give it. I was giving examples. For both yeah. Of for Nick. <laughs> Nick loves to be an extrovert, have a good time, go out. If you're dating like a total introvert couch potato that never wants to go anywhere, like your life is not going to be what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I I think that it's like you got to check in with yourself and think like, am I being intentional? How am I approaching this? Or like if you don't want a serious relationship, then like do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Just be upfront with people and tell them. So... I think it's just a, having a lot more self-awareness than we're, like, taught to have. Like, you're yeah. not taught this stuff in school. You're not taught this stuff from your parents. You have to learn this on your own and then, like, actually make yourself stick to it. I the think that is, they should absolutely teach this in school. Totally. Our world would be such a better place if, like, I learned this in, like, Why health, are people health allowed class to or get something married? like that. Why are people allowed to get married when they don't have this? Yeah. I mean, like, Jordan, I keep going back to her, but... She's just, like, the guru. She, like, gives an example of if you go to ten different weddings, mm-hmm. five people are going to be end up divorced. Mm-hmm. And this is based on statistics. Yeah. Then you look at the other five people. Only two of those people are actually happily married. Three of those people have had an affair. Huh. Holy moly. And so... <laughs> If you look at the statistics, it's not, oh, it's 50-50 chance. It's mm-hmm. like a 20 80. Oh my God. Because being happy and married is very different than just being married. Yeah. So, and she makes a big thing of like, let's look at the statistics of people who are successfully doing this. And those people who successfully are functioning in a marriage mm-hmm. have vulnerability, amazing communication, they're secure. Yeah. So I just think that, like, everyone deserves to know this. Like, how can we all not end up like the majority of our parents or our friends' yeah. parents? Um, okay. Sorry. Wow, no, that is just, it's so mind-blowing. And then, like, my mind also goes to, like, in Tennessee, like, you have to do, like, marriage counseling before you get married. Oh, you do? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't either. But I don't know if it's... Like, if they talk about things like this, right. and if it's, like, with an actual therapist or if yeah. it's, like, with, like, a religious figure. Mm. I actually, I talked to someone today who was just, it's, like, a friend of a friend. They're just really mm-hmm. lost. They're um, a little younger than me, actually, and going through a divorce. Wow. And they were married a year together, seven years. Mm-hmm. That seven-year mark. Mm-hmm. Um, the seven-year itch. Thing. Like and okay, Jordan yeah. has talked to me about that too. And um she was I was asking her, like, did you guys do any premarital counseling or anything like mm-hmm. in your relationship before? And she's like, Yeah, we did with like a pastor, which is great. Like, if you want to do that through your church because you are religious, mm-hmm. totally fine. You should do that for your for religious purposes, mm-hmm. not for relationship purposes. Yeah. Because those people, whether it's a pastor or whoever it might be, are not going to be trained in this. Mm -hmm. And even if you share the same religious beliefs, if you don't have this knowledge or you don't come from just like a great background, this stuff is going to flare up. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of time. And so I would just really try to find someone who knows this information or do a course that has this information so that 
you can be like prepared in the right way and you're not part of that 80%. Yeah. Um, so then the final thing as far as like finding that secure partner is kind of what I went into before of like, if you're dating someone and they're saying that they want the commitment, you've done all the things you can of like making sure they fit within your values and making sure that you are on the same page as far as making or wanting a relationship, but they're mm-hmm. still kind of, you feel that push and pull or any of those six signs mm-hmm. in that anxious avoidant cycle. There has to be a point where you come to them and say like, Hey, this is what I see happening here. And I really think we can work through this. I think that we're maybe having like some communication issues and that we're both a little like afraid to get vulnerable with each other. Mm -hmm. If they react to that and they're just like, you're crazy or like, "Mm, no, don't want to do that. It's not going anywhere. And that's when you should move on to the next. And there's nothing wrong with dating multiple people at once. Mm -hmm. You can date multiple people, see who might be that secure match if you're looking for a relationship and, but be upfront with everyone and just say, Hey, look, I'm dating other people. I'm like looking for something like very specific Mm long-term and when you find that person, awesome. Yeah. But hopefully now everyone will have a couple more tools in their back pocket to approaching relationships, whether it's repairing one or finding a new one. I hope it helped. Yeah. Oh, honestly, <laughs> yeah. this is literally if you guys have any questions, the, the most helpful. I'm like the most helpful thing. I mean, I feel like I know what I have to do. What are you gonna do? I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta, no, 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 I didn't. I can bring it up, but me bringing up literally anything at all turns into getting shut down. It's immediately, I don't want what you want. I mean, he immediately goes there. So I'm afraid that like I bring up something like this Mm -hmm. and it's like, no, or just nothing. This is what I would do. And you can take it or leave it. Totally fine. But if I was in your situation, like we have to remember one, what his imago probably is. Yeah. Have empathy for that. Yeah. Two, he ha- you don't know what you don't know. He doesn't know about any of this. He doesn't mm-hmm. know that he's like sabotaging himself probably mm-hmm. in the past before you and now with you. Because part of him like wants to be with you. He but he's fighting himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I feel from what you've told me. So what I would do is say, like, look, I told you from the beginning I was looking for a relationship. You told me the same thing. I enjoyed hanging out with you. And so I felt very confused because what you told me at the beginning has not lined up with what's happening. And I actually learned some really interesting stuff in the last week that I would love to share with you. And if you're willing to like learn more about it, great. If this isn't your thing, cool. But like, I really want something intentional and I want to be with someone who wants to grow so I'd love to hear your thoughts and mm-hmm. if he says and that that's the secure thing to do that's yeah. like practicing that secure attachment and if he's like no this is stupid then best of luck sir I know I just ugh. I'll try I mean that's all you can do if someone, I know that's the main thing you have to remember is people don't know this stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. we never knew this. Yeah, that's true. And so you have to have empathy for like, you must feel confused. And he's just running from the bear. He's trying to keep himself safe. Yeah. I and I, I know it's frustrating and it sucks. But when you look at it that way, it's like, 
this is what he thought he knows is I mean he said he has divorced parents like this yeah. is what he knows is safety mm-hmm. and so doesn't mean it's right yeah that doesn't mean you should say something and then take it back right but everyone deserves I think the opportunity to at least another thing quoting Jordan again she always says you can lead a horse to water you can splash it in their face you can make the sun hot and the water cold you can do all these things, but if they won't drink, you got to walk away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, if you never lead them to water, then if they dehydrate, it's a little, a little on you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Like, if you have knowledge that you're not sharing with someone, basically. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, have a, I have a feeling, but I will. I know it's hard, too, because that's vulnerable. Sharing, I, I know. sharing that stuff is and, vulnerable. Oh. The fear of rejection is so real. I felt it when I was going to therapy on my own and then I had to share all this stuff with mm-hmm. Austin. I was mm-hmm. like, he thinks I'm a psycho. <laughs> but I'm so happy I did because, and you know, right away he wasn't like, oh yeah, let's dive into this. Mm-hmm. No, he was like, mm, okay, I guess. And you know, like slowly. And now we're like, awesome. And he's like, what's the story you're telling yourself when I'm like in shutdown <gasps> mode? And I love that. I, I love that narrative. Or he guesses and he's like, are you telling yourself right now that I'm not attracted to you because like whatever it is. Yeah. Like, and it, that's a lot easier in a committed relationship than like mm-hmm. dating. But when you guys have been together two years, two years, now? but we've only been like super healthy for about like eight months. Oh, wow. So a long, a long portion of our relationship was a lot of struggle, mm-hmm. but we kind of just served as mirrors for each other of like, we got to figure this shit out. Like mm-hmm. we've done this with so many other people at this point that it's like, we're going to keep on with this pattern or mm-hmm. we're going to figure it out together. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the other thing is like, you can choose to let go of something, but you're probably just going to have to figure it out with someone else in the future. That's true. Like, you don't, soulmates are not really a thing. Like, you're not going to find that one person where everything's perfect. Mm-hmm. You might have that one person that is right for you and really makes you, like, work on yourself and, like, work it out together. Like, that's how I feel about Austin. But mm-hmm. there's not going to be that one magic perfect person. You have to do the work. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. But here's this. Okay. So here's the other thing. What if you get to a point where you're like, I don't know that this is that person that I'd want to do that work with. Because we don't share similar values. Like, there's other, like, well, maybe that's a story I'm telling myself, but also that is no. something that's if pretty important to me. it has to do with your values, yeah. then you probably shouldn't have even gotten to this point. Right? That's probably true. Because you're, like, I mean values as in non-negotiables. Yeah. Like, when you think, this is my husband. Mm-hmm. Who is that person? And you need to know clearly. It doesn't mean what they look like. Right. It doesn't mean what they do for a job. It means... What are, like, the values we have to have? Like, whether, and even if it's political, like, maybe you couldn't date someone who is, like, super conservative. Mm -hmm. Or, like, maybe you couldn't date someone who, like, believes the earth is flat. I don't know. Yeah, I can't. I'll say that right now so everybody (laughs) knows. That's not shocking. If you know the earth is flat, you are not for me and you can keep walking. (laughs) If the, if the earth is flat. I would love to be somebody that thinks the earth is flat. Anymore. <laughs> I know. I would love it. 
But like, can you tell me more? I feel like and it's hard because some people I'm sure either listening to this or you guys like you're already in a relationship. You've already gotten past the point of like trying to function without this information. Mm-hmm. You can't really go backwards in some cases. Mm-hmm. So the only thing you can do is try to share resources, learn the resources yourself, see if you can make it better. If you can't, then you start fresh with someone new and you make sure you're starting with like, do you align with my values? And do you have a growth mindset? And if the answer to one of those things is no, it's not going to work. They both got to be true for it to mm-hmm. work. Wow. And for you to be happy long-term. Yeah. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. It's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's a, <laughs> gosh, it's just so much to process, but, like, it's, like, it all resonates, which is crazy. I know. You, you will like this. I did match with someone this week that I was like, he is perfect. Perfect um, how? Gosh, in every way. He's a smoke show. He's really hot. But he also was Christian, which I thought was good. Mm-hmm. He also explicitly said that he's interested in looking for like a long term relationship slash marriage. Wants to have kids. Profile. Okay. Yeah. This is a secure. That's so secure. I know. But a lot of people be scared off by that. I'm not scared off by that. I like that. Yeah. I'm looking for that. Like I'm looking for that security. And that's why you gotta like read these books if you wanted to do the course. Like this course, you guys. Let me just really quick explain. This information took me six months to learn in therapy, four therapists to access, mm. and over $3,000. Oh, my God. Because, you know, therapy is expensive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This course, and not to, like, oversell it, I don't get money if people sign up. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing coaching within the course, but I don't get money if you sign up. I just truly believe in this because it will take you through, like, what your imago is. What's your relationship style? Like, where did this come from? Like setting the stage for a healthy relationship. So much amazing information. And it's $97. Whereas mm-hmm. one therapy session, 140 At least this, the therapy I was doing. Mm-hmm. By the same therapist who changed my life. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's this course or some other resource, like I think the best thing you can do for yourself is just like, how can I get secure so that I know that I'm not going to just like settle for these situations that are so wishy-washy and push and pull. And like, mm-hmm. I think that we've all experienced, like, yeah. it's just exhausting. <laughs> it is. It is. It's like, it's too much, honestly. But I feel like I, I'm getting too old for this. Yeah. Well, and you know what I mean? You, you kind of got to get to that point where I know before I met Austin and I, I think the reason I decided to push through my avoidant mindset at first, and I was mm-hmm. like, I've got to keep seeing this guy is I saw like the most avoidant human in the world, awful. Also, if never mind, I won't say that. Um, <laughs> 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 say if your name is Jake, you suck because I've dated four Jakes and they've oh. all been awful. But your brother's name is Jake. He's so good. Um, so he maybe, tries. Maybe he, is his real name Jacob? It's Jacob. Okay, I feel like maybe that's like I don't think any of these guys' real name was Jacob. It's really just Jake. I'm pretty sure. Oh geez. Um, that's like a red flag. That's yeah, like Chad. Yeah. So anyways, he was just the worst. And so avoidant that I got to the point where I was just like, but I didn't know what avoidant was. I was like, if one more guy treats me like this, mm-hmm. I will not be okay. <laughs> like I am going to hurt someone. Like oh, I was yeah. not well yeah. because I was like, just so at my limit. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to get married. I knew I wanted to have kids. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sorry if that was too aggressive. 
No, 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 no. We drag people all the time. (laughs) No, but for real, I was just like totally at my limit. And so when I started dating Austin, one of my friends was like, Nicole, are you attracted to him? And I was like, yes. She was like, does, is he interested in all the same things as you? And I was like, yes. And she was like, do you guys get along well? Yes. And she was like, is there sexual chemistry? Yes. And she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, nothing. And then I was like, I gotta keep like going for this. And I'm so glad I didn't like sabotage it because it all worked out. I mean, Mm -hmm. we had to do a lot of work, but Mm -hmm. we're in an amazing place. We're like on the path to getting married and having a whole life together. But I just want everyone else to have like the same opportunity that we did because it makes me sad how many relationships are ruined just from not having information. So. Now you guys have Sad. the information. Yeah. Yes. So use and now it to your advantage. And I just want to use the rest of my life to share it with other people because I'm so passionate about it. And this is like totally my calling. I'm so happy I figured it out. But Me too. And I'm happy right. that you guys gave me the opportunity to share it with everyone. Oh, well, no, seriously, thank you for coming. Because yeah. that, like, I needed that. I know Nick needed that. Oh, yeah, I did definitely. Like I think that. you guys needed that. I don't, I mean, I don't even know if you did, but I'm pretty sure y'all did. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And if you, if anyone is interested in joining the course, you have to sign up for this first course that kind of gives you the base level, like a Mago, attachment styles, all that information. Um, and then you can move on to some of the other courses. Like there's a heartbreak course and then a dating course mm-hmm. um, that are paired that you can like add on. Um, and like I said, it's $97. You get lifetime access and it's lovelifehackschallenge.com. And that's where you can get the course. We can, we can include that in our episode description too. So awesome. Yeah. Okay. Nicole, where can we, uh, find, or where can other people find you on social media? If they like have any other information about like the course or like any, like of this information overall. So you can just like I'm, I'm private. You can request to follow me. It's Nicole underscore Ennis, I-N-N-E-S. And like, feel free to DM me if you just want like resources or more information about the course. Like, I'm just really ha- like passionate about helping people with this information. So happy to help in any way mm-hmm. that I can. Perfect. And then Kelsey, where can we find you on you social media? You can find me at Daily Dose of Calcium on Instagram and TikTok. Where can we find you, Nick? Uh, you guys can find me at Nick Lovin4 on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And he's like Insta famous, or sorry, TikTok famous now. Yeah. Kind of. He's blown up a yeah, little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, if you guys missed that in the intro. Uh, but uh, <laughs> technically, we haven't done the intro yet. <laughs> um, and then you guys can find us at No Green Text at, on you guys can find us at No Green Text on <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, on TikTok. And TikTok. Uh, we haven't posted anything yet, but, you know, it's there. Uh, and then you guys feel free to email us or DM us. You guys can email us at nogreentextpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And as always, remember to rate, review, subscribe, follow. Hashtag. Say it with me now. R-R-S-F. And... We will see you guys next week. Yeah. Sometime. Sometime. So, I mean, the holidays holidays are a little (laughs) bit weird. We're trying to figure out our episode schedule, but we'll have at least two more episodes by before the new year. Yes. So, just keep an eye out for those. And we will see you guys real soon.
Bye. Bye.